Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post podcast. We are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. Now entering its third year, Limerick Fringe is a performance festival which encourages performers to dream wild when applying to take part in the festival. With shows taking place on April 3rd to the 6th, we are happy to be joined by Simon Thompson, one of the festival's founding members and chair. Hi, how are you, Keen? Not too bad. How are you getting on? Good, good. We're, uh, we're nearly there. <laughs> a, bu- a busy period, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, these last two weeks have been hectic. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're very close now and uh, we're all excited raring to go and in terms of the planning when does that begin for you is it it probably begins about two weeks after the the previous year finishes um there's lots that go on behind the scenes um sometimes we're going off to other festivals to see what other people are doing um we're also setting up the website um putting up the new um you know, submit to Fringe and finishing all the accounts and all those, the, the boring stuff that you never <laughs> see um, on the stage. So, yeah, it's it's nearly a whole year-round thing. And I suppose because the committee are volunteers, we're trying to fit it around other things. So we don't always get things life done as quick as we'd like to because life gets in the way. Yeah. So for some of our listeners who might know, what is a Fringe Festival? Fringe, um, I suppose, started um, with Edinburgh and it was an event that happened around the outside of the Edinburgh International Arts Festival. The International Arts Festival, Festival was very high status, very high brow, you know, uh, expensive tickets and, and these huge spectacles of opera and tattoos and drumming and pipes. And smaller companies and smaller artists said, well, we want to be part of this and we want to be on the fringes of it in maybe not traditional venues, maybe performing not traditional shows. Uh, so that's where it all started. Um, and Limerick Fringe sort of follows that model. We try not to be in traditional spaces with traditional shows so you know we're down in the basement of the record room with theatre um, we're in Fab Lab with physical comedy and clowning and we're in the Hunt Museum in the newly decorated captain's room with a circus acrobatic troupe so we're, we're, we'd like to play with the idea that you might find something creative in a place that you wouldn't normally experience yeah. it uh, and, and it makes us more accessible I think you know someone might come to see a theatre show where they're not going to a formal venue they can get a pint they can it makes it a bit more accessible for yeah them. and it's almost like an introduction that wow, I went to see this great theatre show in a pub do you know what I might go to the lime tree or I might go to the bell table and go and see a show mm-hmm. but prior to that it might have been well that's not my thing so Fringe can act a bit almost like, you know, not a gateway drug to performance, <laughs> but it is. It's that introduction. It's, it's accessible. It's affordable. It gives people a nudge and shows them what they could be yeah. missing out on in a theatre or And people can venue. find it. Like, we have stuff on the street as yeah. well this year, which is free. So people are going to be bumping into characters and performances 
around the milk market, Bedford Row, you know, all these kind of places, and going, oh, right, great, yeah. And you might have people who attend venues regularly and see something going on in the corner and think, well, what's happening over there? Yeah, <laughs> um, and we do. We sort of, we know we've got regulars who, who go to see virtually everything at the yeah. bell table who are, who are also really interested in Fringe, I suppose because the performances we tend to show are maybe new performances in work where a company is saying, you know, I've, I've wrote this new piece of work and I want to get it out and I want to perform it and I want to polish it up before I take it to a venue. That's some people's motives behind Fringe. Some people really love the challenge of creating a performance piece for a non-traditional venue and seeing how far they can push their art form. So you tend to see things in Fringe that you wouldn't normally see in traditional spaces as well. But so you get exciting the, work. A lot of the performers aren't from Limerick. We've a mix. We've yeah. a good mix. But a lot of those wouldn't be used to the venues. So how do they prepare their... They, w- they wouldn't have as much time to prepare their show for a specific venue. Yeah, well, that's one of the things about Fringe. And I suppose I've toured Fringe festivals for a number of years as a performer. And when you're designing a fringe show, it's almost like a show in a suitcase. <laughs> you know, what can I do? Well, I know the shape of the room or I know the, my playing area and everything else I have to control. And that can be really exciting for an artist. It's like, how can I tell this story with just the things I can carry on a plane or in the back of a car or a small van? But I suppose that's a something street performers meet every day because the street always changes, the crowd can get closer than you expect. Yeah, the weather can change, all these kind of things. So so it it does prepare you for that kind of stuff. And we've one company who, who, this is their third time coming back to to Limerick from the UK called Multistory. And they specialise in fringe performance. You know, they're a company that's been going 30 odd years. So they're not new emerging artists, they're really experienced theatre professionals, but they love this vibe and this kind of ethos behind Fringe of, right, we turn up at a venue and we put a show on. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned um, how Fringe originated in Edinburgh, yeah, and it was people who, who wouldn't really be involved in the highbrow side of theatre. As an alternative performer, mm-hmm. what does it mean to you as a performer to have a space like that where you can... Well, you see, it really is. Um, it's not just a stepping stone. It's like a lifeline to the arts. Um, fringe festivals to partake in are very affordable by their nature. So if you want to stage a show in a large theatre, you've got to first enter into this negotiation with the artistic director of, well, am I renting the venue? And that's going to cost me maybe 500 euros a night before I even start. Oh, or are they going to pay me a fee or are we going to share the box office and all these kind of things uh, and then I might need a lighting designer I'm going to need a sound engineer and all of a sudden you know, that large production costs start mm-hmm. to come in people We're, just see the final product they don't yeah. see everything that goes on in behind the scenes and all the marketing of an event if you're putting it on in a theatre you have to promote that event as a singular event with a fringe festival you're part of the programme and for example we've done 10,000 programs this year and they've been distributed around the city and door to door and so that w- it takes some of those pressures away of the marketing it takes some of the, 
the financial burdens away and it allows people to put something that's very creative in a space in front of an audience uh, and if they want to take it then further they can do and that's why I said you know you sometimes get the uh, companies who use Fringe as a development process mm -hmm. and then they go on to bigger things with those shows and you get some artists who love Fringe for what it is and then you get more cabaret artists that come to Fringe as well so the, the one person shows um, comedy or maybe a one uh, singer songwriter so yeah we've a huge mix this year so uh, thinking about the mix is there any uh, performances that you think would stand out this year people should well apart from all of them <laughs> yeah we, we I suppose the process we do of, of finding out who's going to be in the, the program is it's an open submission and then we score people on different criteria and the highest scorers get selected and put into the program um, this year I think I'm lucky that I've seen on my travels a lot of the shows um, so we have got a really high caliber this year fantastic um, in terms of my preferences um, I'm sort of always leaning towards theater um, and one show that really stands out for me and, and, and struck a chord with me when I saw it was Rob Gee's um, Kevin Key, King of Egypt uh, and it's a one-man theater show just a chair and him and he's, he's there for an hour and when I saw it I was totally captivated I was like couldn't take my eyes off him and it was only about two days later I realized that the whole show was actually a poem and it rhymed from start to finish <laughs> and I hadn't even noticed that when I was watching it I was so mesmerized so yeah it was a lovely twist on you don't normally expect to have an hour-long poem performed and, and, and acted so yeah that's one I'd say, yeah, um, but across the board, fantastic yeah. shows this year. And, and you mentioned you've seen some of them before. Yeah. But, uh, one of the criteria for Limerick Fringe is it has to be new to Limerick. Yes. Or that's what it originally was. It's, it's still the same. Criteria. It is, exactly. Yeah. So all these pieces, none of them have ever been seen in Limerick. Um, I think two or three are brand new shows um, that are actually premiering at um, Brilliant. Limerick Fringe. But yeah, I suppose that must be a nice boost for you putting it together and then seeing that there are people who have created new shows which will premiere here. Yeah, it's 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 a joy, yeah. uh, and it's a joy to to sort of realise that someone is prepared to travel to come to Limerick because they had such a positive experience in the past and they want to premiere their show there. So yeah, it's a testament to Limerick audiences that we're we're obviously quite. Um, forgiving and generous <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even on a local level it probably motivates smaller theatre groups to create new work every year it does yeah um, Evan Kennedy or Ma Madonna Lucia is a perfect example of that I'm looking forward to Evan's show actually um, <laughs> the <Holy> first show <laughs> yeah so the first year we did Fringe he, he was part of it and he'd never done a one hour stand up solo theatre performance ever He'd done little aspects of cabaret and hosting events and being the MC, but to stand up there and present his own material for an hour. And he told us he was terrified and he was like, oh, I'm really nervous. And we're like, but you're such an experienced performer. And he went on and did an amazing job. And then this year, before the submissions, he was on the phone and he said, look, I'm writing a new piece. 
should I, should I submit? And we've had, yeah. And yeah, so there's a great example of a local seasoned performer that's going, I'm going to actually create something for this event. And, and it gives them an opportunity to stand out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like, like you said, Evan hasn't performed and hadn't performed in a theatre piece prior to that on his own. You know. so, and this year, we, the show is Holy Show, and um, yeah, that's downstairs in the record room at the commercial. So it's an intimate, you'll be up close and personal <laughs> to um, this very larger-than-life character. That's all I'll say. And uh, I suppose if you're sitting in a pub and there happens to be a show going on, it must bring some kind of excitement to the regulars of a venue. Yeah. To see something. We try, we try to make the, the space for the, the paying customer. Mm -hmm. So... Um, we don't tend to parachute into a, the public room of a bar and yeah but we are doing that in some extent this year with um two-time poker on the wednesday night which is the opening of fringe what we decided to do this year was put a band on in mother max pub in the main bar and it's free to everyone so that's a free gig on the wednesday night all the artists will be there We're not in the studio today, we're in uh, the Irish World Academy, which might explain some odd noises. This isn't when the show is on in the background. That's it. So, so, yeah, we're putting on that free show, and the idea is that on the Wednesday, all the artists have landed in Limerick, done their, what we call a get-in, so they've been into the venue, they've had a quick technical whiz through lights and sound, uh, and then they go for a party in the evening, and... Um, the public and everyone else is welcome to join us and have a bit of fun and uh, experience a great band. And, and you spoke about uh, starting to organise the next festival two weeks after the last one finished. That must be a lot of pressure on you. It is. Especially as volunteers. As volunteers. And, and I suppose one of the reasons we have to start straight away is that's when the funding deadlines are for the applications for funding. So we need to go straight in and have you know, these funding applications submitted because... That's how we can pay. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, there are some international artists coming over, which obviously will need a reason to come over other than having a space to perform. That, that's very much true. And what we do is um, all our artists get paid, um, be it either through ticket sales or a fee. So people like the, the free shows that are on the street, we don't expect them to pass the hat or try and raise money while they're here. We pay them a fee to be here. Yeah. Um, and then all the other um, artists who are on ticket sales, they actually get 70% of the, all the money. And it's still relatively inexpensive. It's inexpensive. And we also provide accommodation for everyone mm -hmm. when they come to Fringe. So this year we've rented a large house and uh, we've got everybody. In, in this it's huge... It's a madhouse, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was a, a B&B, so there's about 12, 15 ah. bedrooms. So, you know, everyone's got their own bedroom and things like that, but there's a shared kitchen, and it's close to town. But that takes probably the biggest cost out of it as a performer. I know from going to places like Manchester and things like that, you can get on a cheap flight, Ryanair, and get over there. Your, your show costs you whatever it costs you, but then you're looking at €100 Euros and a night or a hundred sterling a night for a hotel and if you're traveling with a techie that starts to mount up so I mean, you have all your gear which you, you don't want to be staying in a hostel either yeah and you're tired after doing a show so that's why we we provide accommodation for everyone is it, it's 
that's probably the biggest expense a travelling company could have. And I'd imagine in your experience, walking back to a hostel late at night dressed as a clown isn't the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had some very strange moments uh, with, uh, with my makeup and things. And, uh, you know, you come off stage and yeah, you end up there in front of everybody in full makeup and a nose. But, uh, yeah. So we mentioned there, this is the third year of Fringe. It, it is a learning curve with, with a new festival. How much has it changed since the first year? Um, I think the programme and the offerings haven't changed that much. Um, this year we were a little bit concise. We've, we've made sure that all the companies are getting three nights performance so that audiences have a chance to go and see as many shows as possible. I think in year one we had people performing for one night, so if you missed it, you missed it. And there was a lot of venues in the first year as well. I think there was more than there is now. There, there was. Um, so w I think we've improved how we manage the festival for the audience. I think when we started, we were like, yeah, let's do everything. Let's get as many people here. And, and it'll work, and it'll work, and it will work. And we got through it, and we did a great job. But it was very difficult on all the organisers mm -hmm. and all the volunteers. So now, after three years of doing it, I think we've learnt that it needs to be manageable, it needs to be well organised and well run, and, and that's, we've improved that each year. Um, you know, we've got the same technicians coming back working in the same venues. We've got some elements of the same volunteers coming back. So you start to build a family, and, pe and not only are we learning, but the people who take part in Fringe are learning and developing with us as well. And uh, in terms of local support, I'd imagine the venues are very helpful with you. Uh... Local support's fantastic from the likes of Limerick Post, for example, being our media partner and putting extra adverts in the paper, um, the radios, you know, giving us editorial and things like that. Um, all the venues, uh, you know, everyone's been really good at what we would call benefiting kind, you know. Yeah, we can help and we're not going to charge you, or yes, we can help, but it would normally cost this, but because we know who you are and what you're doing, it's only going to cost half of that. So it's not just the venues that have been amazing. It's been loads and loads of small businesses and individuals and large companies right up to the city council that have been really good to us. For example, uh, Limerick Arts Office are providing us one of the artists' apartments in St John's Square. For, for an artist for the four days of the festival. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that's happening behind the scenes as well. And uh, I'd imagine it creates kind of a collegiality between artists and performers. You get to meet people who you haven't met at the festival. The, it's bizarre. Like I said, I've seen a lot of the shows this year. And I've seen them because we're all doing the fringe circuit. Mm -hmm. We're all performing in Edinburgh. We're all performing in Barnstable and Greater Manchester and then Stockholm and places like this. So there is a fringe kind yeah. of... I think one of the Canadian fringes calls it family. You know, it's the fringe family. Um, you do see the same faces and it's great to bump into them. Um, and it's great for new artists then to come into this and have this wealth of experience that's surrounding them and the people who are doing other festivals. And that's the first question you ask of someone is, did you do such and such a festival? Oh yeah, 
was fabulous, great, I'm going to sign up for that one this year. Or you sometimes get the, did you do such and such festival? Ooh. <laughs> and you go, right, I'm not going to... <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah. So there is this real camaraderie as well. But um, would you have heard the Limerick name being dropped around at any of the festivals after? Yeah, I mean... With, with a positive response. I real positive. <laughs> we... I went over to Barnstable last year with a new show, and so that's down in Devon, in England, you know, remote seaside place, and there was there was two Limerick, or two other Limerick companies performing there, and four or five of the people who'd been to Limerick the previous year were there, so yeah, and it, it appears that we've got a good reputation as a great city and a great festival, so. Yeah. So you mentioned some of your highlight uh, acts for the few days. What can people see around the city on the streets? On the streets. So we have on Saturday is the bulk of our street performance. So on Bedford Row, uh, there's a performer called Mr. H, who's um, an extremely talented circus performer. And he has a street show which mixes balance, object manipulation, very high comedy, music, all kinds of stuff. So that's a 40-minute street show on Bedford Row. We also have um, Cicada, which is the acrobatic troupe in the Hunt Museum. They're there Saturday. Again, free performances. So you can go into the Hunt um, and you'll see that happening. And then for <coughs> the Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we have Gerda and Jock. So this is a street walkabout act Gerda's a Danish clown or a Danish male clown but this character is he's um, a larger than life lady and Jock is from Scotland who's a clown and they've met on the internet and got married and their plans got mixed up and they ended up at, in Limerick Fringe as opposed to on honeymoon <laughs> so they're promenading around the streets of Limerick for three days and when they stop they'll have a little um, theatre show and then they'll move on so imagine there's a bit of improv involved. There's a lot of improv involved in that. A lot of audience interaction, <laughs> maybe even participation. So, you know, you might get asked to uh, look after someone's husband or something. Yeah. Um, but very funny couple um, of performers. And they came together through performing at festivals and said, you know what, we'll create a show. And that's one of the shows that's been created specifically for Limerick. Um, and that's again a free show we've also got for families out the back of the Hunt Museum this year we've got Malcolm the Marmoset in a micro theatre so a little basically like a school porter cabin it's been turned into a theatre and in there is a musical and puppet show for all the family and that's happening all day Saturday I think there's a performance every hour so. And finally, how can people get tickets? I know there's a pass for the four days as well, isn't there? Yeah, so tickets, the best thing to do because there's a couple of venues now that are getting very close to sold out, um, and that's due to our capacity. You know, most of the venues are 35 to 50 people, so they're intimate performances. Um, so you can buy tickets online um, on the website www.limerickfringe.com. Um, very easy, just go on there and it's an online booking system. Um, we do run a, a special offer of five for four, um, so you can book five shows and pay for four. 
that's done via emailing through the website so and we give you a code then once once you're emailed and you can go on and book and, and get the discounts and obviously you'll be able to buy tickets on the night but we can't guarantee you could yeah. get in. They might be sold out. <laughs> you might be looking in a window. <laughs> yeah, and that, that did happen quite a lot last year yeah. that we had to, unfortunately, turn people away. Um, and it's another reason why we put all the performers on for the three days, so that if n- nights are booked out, someone could maybe go to something else and come back the following day. Brilliant. Simon, thanks very much thanks for Thanks a lot, Kim. And best of luck with the festival next week. Great stuff. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.